This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 960, Comic Talk. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 960. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Chapman. It's hard to believe we're 40 episodes away from the potential end of the show or major reformatting. Who knows? <laughs> um, I just wanted to do this uh, episode 960. I apologize uh, in advance. This is uh, kind of a uh, free association kind of comic talk episode, kind of off the top of my head. Uh, part of the reason uh, that you're getting an episode like this is that uh, the show... Um, has fallen a little bit behind on schedule, uh, trying to race towards, you know, episode 1000 coming out on August the 12th, which means that you can't really miss deadlines, you can't really miss episodes, but uh, regular life gets uh, has a way of getting in the way, uh, making it harder to do episodes. So last weekend, when I normally would have tried to carve out some time to record an episode, um, I just was not able to. Now, what was I doing? Well, I have a lot of comics that I just don't need anymore, and instead of you know, I, in theory, I'd love to, you know, make money on them or at least make back what I spent on them. But realistically speaking, it's hard to find people to buy books. Um, and so I kind of went to a local kind of store that has comics and, and trade paperbacks, but also is basically a bookstore. Uh, and they were able to buy a, a significant amount of comics uh, from me. Uh, not significant enough that it made enough of a dent in my collection that I just don't need anymore. Like it, it's one of those things, you know, you hear about, I haven't even watched it, but I know of Marie Kondo and everyone kind of knows the idea of, you know, what brings you joy and it doesn't bring me joy anymore um i don't read single issues in the same way i used to uh, i was buying a lot of things digitally and now i'm having to re you know kind of uh, with everything that's happened recently with comiXology and amazon that's a lot harder than it used to be but i've been doing most things digitally uh and so having original single comics is just not something i was really picking up and, and reading anymore and i realized part of it was that the stuff i probably would have read again um i wasn't it wasn't in a good spot like so i had you know, all these boxes, but they're in my crawl space now, so they weren't even the most accessible. And they were kind of, some of them were kind of stacked on top of each other. So, you know, at some point I decided that when I last did my major reorganization, I had kind of all the one shots together, then all the kind of quote unquote ongoing series um, that had, that were originally ongoing series that I'd stopped buying uh, up to a certain point, and then all of my mini series. And the mini series kind of spilled out of the crawl space into my main kind of collection area, which meant I didn't have a lot of my like, you know, favorite ongoings. They weren't just accessible anymore. And then uh, I had stuff that I was still buying that obviously I wasn't going into those bins to throw them in there. So I had kind of an ongoing spot. Um, and now I realized that single wise, I usually just kind of pick up Spider-Man, X-Men, X-Force. Uh, I think that's for the most part it or various different spider books. I always pick up the Conan book. I still am picking up King Conan. So I had to figure out, well, what's the best way to, to do this going forward? And I decided that, you know what, I, I like the format of them before, but I was going to switch up and have miniseries first and then have ongoings and then but i was going to take out all kind of spider-man related ongoings and miniseries because i realized and one shots that i'm probably more likely to read those again because i spider-man's my guy uh it's funny as i said before it's not what brought me into comics but it's definitely what helped me stay in comics and it's the book i still buy which 
to be honest, I don't need to because I buy I buy the the singles. It gives me the digital copies, which I like, and then I buy the trades. And so part of me is like I buy the 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 you know the floppies just so I can have the digital copy. And if I'm going to spend the same amount of money anyway, might as well have this paper copy. And it's one of the only books that I feel that way about because I just like having a lot of amazing Spider-Man. I'm never going to have them all. It's never going to be something that's a priority for me. I have issues what like four. 18 onwards. I haven't missed one since, you know, the end of the Clone Saga. Uh, I have, you know, a smattering of books before that, but, you know, it's just something about Spider-Man. I recently kind of sold a lot of my Daredevil books. I had a huge swath of Daredevil, which covered most of, I want to say, like, after Miller up to before, just before Born Again, and then right after Born Again to, like, issue 305. It wasn't bringing me joy anymore. I wasn't going to read them. And with the advent of something like the Epic Collections, the incentive to do so was a lot less. And I feel that way about Spider-Man too. but Spider-Man just feels different, even though I have it all in trade. Um, I want to have it in singles in a way that I didn't feel the same way about Daredevil. I did not feel like I was going to go back and read them. Um, at some point, like about a decade ago, I stopped buying single issues of Daredevil, so I feel like there was less incentive for me to keep old singles, whereas Spider-Man I continued, and I wanted to continue that. Selling off you know, sections and spotty... You know, issues here and there of my X-Men collection was weird too, but then I have, you know, X-Men and Omnibus, uh, at least the first three or four volumes. So I had a lot of that in another format that was probably nicer paper and I didn't have to worry about, you know, getting it out of a long box. I just had it on a shelf. So it's made me interact with things in a different way. I got rid of a lot of trades probably at a, a steep, steep discount, which sucks in some ways, but also... You know, I bought all the Star Wars books when they first came back to Marvel, and then they just kept going. And so after issue 75 or whatever, where they kind of ended that run, I was like, you know what, I'm done. I don't need to pick these up and trade anymore, and then I kind of sold them. At some point, I feel like I will eventually feel that way about the Conan books. I'm buying the Conan and Epics. I haven't really sat down and read, read them, but I feel like I want to. And there's a different desire there. And I feel like it's also finite, although they don't make them the, as thick as they could be. So it, it feels like it's going to go on forever in terms of having this this large collection of Conan books. But there's something I, I do desire to read those. There's It's something that represents something I've never really dabbled or read into. Uh, my main Conan reading has really been ever since uh, Marvel took back the license. I've been reading some you know the, the new published stuff and then wanting to go back to the old Marvel stuff. Obviously, I know I'm missing the Kurt Busiek stuff. I actually have a digital trade that was like a ridiculous price for us. It was like a basically a digital Omni. And I think it would cost me like a dollar or something stupid. Uh, so I mean to read those. It's just, you know, who has the time? <laughs> Part of me is like, oh, you know, once I'm retired, I'll have the time. But I won't because there'll be so much more content to have read in the meantime. So who knows? Uh, I do feel like, you know, I have kind of sacks of things I want to get read. Um, I've, you know, now I have Marvel Unlimited, so I'm kind of feeling like I'll eventually just be caught up, and then whenever new stuff is published in Marvel Unlimited, I'll just read it that way. Um, three to four months behind doesn't bother me in the same way, and if I'm not doing reviews podcasts anymore, it matters to me a lot less. I think that a lot of me kind of staying abreast of what was going on in DC and Marvel to any extent was partially because of the podcast, because I wanted to be able to do reviews episodes and have them be up to date, and when I started doing them, I was doing them hour-long episodes, and I was talking about like 15, 20 books a month, and then I eventually once I had kids and I just did not have the same luxury of time those episodes shrank to five to ten minutes and I was talking about maybe two three books uh, so it's definitely been uh, you know uh, an alteration over time when people are like oh wow you've almost done a thousand episodes I'm like yeah but a lot of those were like five minutes like I don't know if I can count those in the same way like I mean yes the non-reviews ones not barring the ones that are kind of off the cuff like this have typically been longer they're typically at least an hour if not more uh, I don't know if they completely counterbalance but it definitely helps add some you know average time the amount of hours I've spent on the podcast by the time I'm done 
you know, to say it's been a thousand hours is not an overestimation, I don't think. Um, I think that's probably accurate. It may be slightly under, but I mean, again, uh, if we look at the, kind of the average time spent on these episodes, it's not that uh, unreal. It's crazy when you think about it that way, like a thousand hours of something. But again, if you do it over the course of 10 years, it doesn't really seem so crazy. Um, it seems a lot more manageable. Uh, yeah, I, I've been doing a lot of confronting on, you know, my, my relationship with my collections, how I feel about collections moving forward. Uh, you know, obviously having space for things, wanting things like, you know, I, I realize that, you know, I'm not someone who spends a lot of money typically on a lot of frivolous things, although I do have my hobby, obviously, but I usually keep that within a certain, you know, uh, dollar amount. I found that it has made me realize that for a while I was on disability 10 years ago. Actually, when I started the podcast, I'm trying to think I was just coming out of disability. I was about to start work again about a month later. So was, I started the podcast at the worst time in some ways. Like I couldn't have been doing it while I was on disability to try and give myself something to motivate myself. That would have made more sense. Instead, it was as I was coming out of disability. But I remember, you know, I, I think using a, a form of retail therapy, which many people do, uh, just made me feel better to be looking at stuff and wanting to buy stuff. Uh, I uh, actually, it's funny. A friend of the show, Eric Anthony, was very, very generous. A year, two years now, I don't even know. Uh, he gave me, me and my son, two volumes of Young Justice by Peter David, and my son loves it. And I always meant to buy volumes three, four, and five, but I just never have for some reason. So I finally pulled the trigger today, or yesterday, or maybe the next, the day before, and finally bought volume three. Um, and uh, it's funny because you know I bought it for him. He loves reading through it. I don't know if I've really sat down and read all of it myself, even though I mean to. So now that I'm getting volume three, which does have a storyline I remember, which was the sins of youth when uh, everyone kind of swaps ages. I'm excited to read that with him. And it, it's definitely made me look at certain comics this, a different way because I want to experience them with him. And I like, you know... It, I'm such a nerd about it, but obviously I'm, you know, I'm instructing him in the ways of comic books. I want him to know who the characters are and who the stories are. And, uh, I really do enjoy that, uh, that process. He's, you know, right now he's, he's looking through young justice. I'm trying to think what other, uh, epics he's been picking up lately, but like, I, if I bring something into the house and I put it down, like he will be interested in it. Uh, not long ago. Um, I can't remember. I don't think this was ever mentioned on a podcast, but, uh, so I do some of the podcasts with Paul Scores and Nathan Strux. Nathan Strux is one of my best friends. Paul Scores is also a best friend, but also my brother-in-law. And we, which we chatted about one time on, a, on like a group text that there was a sale or at least a very good price, maybe not necessarily a sale, but there was a good price on the Venom Epic Collection 2. Um, which is called Lethal Protector. So I was like, well, you know, that's not a bad price. We should get that. And uh, Nathan was like, I'll get it if you get it. And I'm like, Paul, you should get it too. It should be Venom Bros. And he's like, no, I'm not going to buy that. I'm like, all right, fine. So then I texted uh, Nate separately. And I think this was like two months before uh, Paul's birthday. And he was like, we're getting this for him for his birthday. We're all going to be Venom Bros. We're going to show up to his house. We're going to give him his gift. He's going to open it. And then we're going to have our own copies there. We're going to be like, ha we're Venom Bros, which we totally did on the 16th of, uh, of March. So we did, uh, although it's funny. So uh, we knew we were doing this two months in advance. Nathan comes to my door, pick me up to, to bring me to, um, to Paul's place and he's like I don't have it I'm like what do you mean you don't have it he's like it's on my kitchen table I meant to grab it I didn't should I go back and I'm like no you're not going to go back and we're like well do we go to a bookstore on the way and buy it and then go return it afterwards just so you can have it in hand he's like no so he you know had a picture that he had taken of it so he cropped it and he's like oh at least I'll, I'll show my phone I'm like okay it's not the same but we'll still be Venom Bros uh, and then we did awkwardly do exactly what we planned out to do which was I'll have him open the book and uh, we showed it to him which is funnier about this whole thing is 
that had been built up because in the days leading up to it, my niece and nephew, so Paul's uh, kids, were at my house. And um, I, you know, do bedtime stories. I usually tell them comic book related stories or whatever the case might be. Anyways, I, I have a way with storytelling once in a while. Um, and so I was telling them the story about how we're going to be Venom Bros. And they thought it was hilarious and I loved it. So they're standing at the door because they're about to be brought home with um, Nate was picking up me and, and the kids to go back to Paul's. And so they hear this and they're like, what do you mean you don't have it? Venom Bros. Uh, anyways, to go back to the initial kind of Venom, uh, I when we bought the Venom trade paperbacks, uh, Nate bought his own, and I bought uh, the one for me and one for, one for Paul. So Paul showed up and with mine, and I put it on my table, and my daughter, who is three years old, or at the time just before she turned three, walks over to it, and she's so entranced by this volume. Spider-Man is like the only combo character she knows. I've kind of made a promise to my wife, like I'm not going to like shove comics in her throat. I've done it with my son uh a lot and so I you know I already have one convert I already have one person who's kind of brainwashed by by comic books so to speak so I wasn't going to do it to my daughter I promised and when she climbs up she's like Spider-Man's here I'm like yeah that's the one character you know and then she was insisted that she sit and read through this Venom epic and I'm like this is not for you. This is for Uncle Paul. She's, and then she sees that there's two. She's like, this one yours, Daddy? I'm like, yes. And she, was, she, she insists on reading this. I took it from her. She couldn't read it. Anyways, uh, a month and a half go by. I bring down you know, the Venom Epic to wrap it for Uncle Paul. And uh, she sees it. And she's like, my book. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. It's not your book. It's, uh, you know, this, of all the characters to love, why Venom? But, uh, it, you know, my, my son, one of the first trade paperbacks, he used to love pulling off my shelf with Spider-Man Vengeance of Venom. So there's just something about Venom, apparently, that really appeals to young children. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's there. Anyways, this has been my kind of random uh, walk through my self- subconscious at the moment with regards to comics and collections, etc. Uh, we're trying to get back on schedule, so you'll probably have another episode in your feed uh, tomorrow on the 26th, and then well, maybe even the 27th or 28th as we get closer to getting caught up. Uh, it's just going to be a flurry of episodes all in a row. Thank you for listening. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.